With frequent wildfires contributing to airborne pollution, the harmful effects of inflammation and free radical exposure are of particular concern. But you can buttress your natural defenses with nutritional support from my friends at NT Factor. Free radicals are highly unstable molecules that can trigger cell damage, leaving your cells less equipped to utilize oxygen. NT Factor's Breakthrough Lipids formula restores energy and undoes the damage to cells caused by free radicals. Breathe Clear with NT Factor combines the benefits of NT Factor with quercetin, a powerful bioflavonoid. In addition to its antioxidant properties, quercetin is an anti-inflammatory. It works to open up the nasal and respiratory passages. For a limited time, buy one container of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get a bottle of Breathe Clear with NT Factor free. Just go to ntfactor.com, that's ntfactor.com, or call 800-982-9158, 800-982-9158. This summer, arm yourself with the protective power of NT Factor Lipids Powder and get Breathe Clear with NT Factor absolutely free and breathe freely while supporting your body's fight against free radicals. Welcome to Intelligent Medicine. I'm your host, Layla Mutin. Thank you for joining me. And thank you for your questions, your topics of interest. Uh, it's greatly appreciated when you email me or us, Dr. Hoffman and myself, to questions at drhoffman.net. That is questions at drhoffman.net. I've got a great question here. From Betty. Hello, Layla. Why are so many products today containing soy? I do not know how to differentiate good soy from soy that impacts women's health with estrogen. I tend to avoid all products that have soy in them. Betty, what a great question, and thank you. Why are so many products containing soy? It's true. Our biggest crop in our country, wheat, soy, corn, really corn and soy, it's in the animal feed, in our conventionally grown animals for meat. Uh, Soy is now a byproduct in almost anything. You'll find it, you'll find it in a can of tuna for crying out loud. You'll find it in processed meat. You may find it as a filler or a binder in other packaged foods. Most soy in this country, I'd say all of it, unless it specifically says so, is genetically modified. It's GMO. And you know what? Soy is part of the the top eight food allergens. It used to be seven food allergens up until about 30, maybe 35, 40 years ago. I think it was more like 30 years ago. Because, you know, the top allergens are wheat, eggs, milk, fish, shellfish, tree nuts, peanuts, that's seven, and soy was the latest one to be added in. And that was in recent decades. It's because it's ubiquitous everywhere. It is everywhere. Now, Betty says, I do not know how to differentiate good soy from soy that impacts women's health with estrogen. Here's the thing. Betty, all soy contains phytoestrogen. 
So it doesn't matter if it's a matter of good soy or non-GMO soy or anything like that. Soy inherently contains phytoestrogens. Now, there are schools of thought on whether this is beneficial, these phytoestrogens from soy. And let me explain. There's a group of scientists who believe in, say, the context of breast cancer. If there's a breast cancer that is hormonally related, like estrogen dominant or something like that, the presence of the estrogen in soy is said to be, the proponents of soy say that it's a weaker estrogen, and by eating soy, that weaker estrogen is taking up the spaces on our receptacles in our bodies rather than our much stronger endogenous estrogen, our, the estrogen our bodies produce. So displacing that stronger, more dangerous estrogen with the weaker phytoestrogen from a plant such as soy may be beneficial in the setting of breast cancer or in breast health. That's what proponents of soy say, those scientists. But there's another group of scientists that say, no, it's all estrogen and the addition of phytoestrogens from soy are merely joining the party with your own body-produced endogenous estrogen. So more, more estrogen is joining the party, which is not healthy. So while the jury is out on all of this, I'm not a proponent of soy for that reason because it is still unsure whether it's beneficial or not. So I will err on the side of caution and advise that way. And the other thing is soy is one of the biggest goitrogens. Soy inhibits the uptake of iodine by the thyroid gland. Iodine is food for the thyroid and helps it to produce thyroid hormone. These are constituents of our metabolism. It is indeed the metabolism, the thyroid gland, controlling all of that. So Betty, you are right to avoid products made from soy, especially if you have a thyroid condition or, uh, or uh, uh, your breast health is compromised or you have a history of breast cancer, anything like that. So these are the things. And if you are having soy, always opt for the non-GMO. But Layla, what about Asian women who've been eating soy and they have less breast cancer? Well, Asian women all, all also eat in a way that is likely much healthier than the standard American diet. And that needs to be considered when we look at the prevalence of breast cancer in that population. So uh, Asians eat the least amount of dairy, for example. Dairy is problematic in the setting of cancers because of all that insulin-like growth factors. So these are the things that we have to consider when making our decisions on what we consume and or how much and how often, right? Uh, a little bit here and there should not be a big deal for most people, especially, especially if you're healthy. Now, I want to talk to you today about good oral health being linked to better brain health. But before I go talking about oral health being associated with brain health, you've already heard me talk about and I've written about 
heart health and oral health. Last year, uh, I released an article, worried about heart health, take care of your teeth. The existence of gingivitis and periodontal disease has to be considered where there is inflammation elsewhere in the, in the body. When, the, when you have some kind of inflammatory condition, you also have to consider and evaluate the health of your teeth and gums because some studies suggest that bacteria in our mouths may be the culprit when it comes to inflammation in our coronary arteries. Meta-analyses have associated periodontal disease with elevated bacterial exposure, coronary heart disease, and early atherogenesis. There are about 800 species of bacteria found in the oral cavity, and periodontal disease is the most common condition in the population. And this points to periodontitis as being a risk factor for coronary artery disease. And there are certain microbiota associated with poor gum health, including P. gingivalis, T. denticola, and T. forsythia. These are also associated with prediabetes and type 2 diabetes. And you know, when those conditions already exist, prediabetes and type 2 diabetes, they progress much faster to coronary artery disease. It is known that individuals with excellent oral health have a significantly lower risk of cardiovascular disease than those with poor oral health. And other evidence suggests that oral health and systemic disease are indeed linked and that a healthy mouth confers health benefits for the rest of the body and vice versa. And here now is about oral health linked to better brain health because taking care of your teeth may lead to better brain health according to a recent study that showed a link between poor oral health and brain shrinkage in the hippocampus. The hippocampus is the part of the brain that plays a major role in memory and learning. This study was published in the journal Neurology, indicates that oral health may contribute to risk of dementia and Alzheimer's disease conditions that are closely associated with the hippocampus. That is the structure of the brain that plays that role in memory and in learning. Conducted by researchers from Tohoku University in Sendai, Japan, the investigation aimed to determine whether oral health was related to brain disease. Tooth loss and gum disease which is inflammation of the tissue around the teeth that can cause shrinkage of the gums and loosening of the teeth are very common. So evaluating a potential link with dementia is incredibly important, say these researchers out of Japan. Quote, our study found that these conditions may play a role in the health of a brain area that controls thinking and memory 
giving people another reason to take better care of their teeth. Amen. Don't wait until it hurts people to go to the dentist. Get regular cleanings. Included in the study were 172 people with an average age of 67, all of whom reported no memory problems at the beginning of the study. Each participant took memory and dental tests before and after the four-year trial period. The researchers analyzed the participants' number of teeth and checked for gum disease through a measurement of the gum tissue known as periodontal probing depth. You've probably had that done. When you first go to the dentist, they do a probe and they see how big the gap is, right? Participants also underwent brain scans to measure the volume of their hippocampus. Now, the researchers found that the number of teeth and amount of gum disease were linked to changes in the left hippocampus of the brain. This is interesting. For those with mild gum disease, the the study showed that having fewer teeth was associated with a faster rate of brain shrinkage in the left hippocampus. But those with severe gum disease with more teeth showed a faster rate of brain shrinkage in the same area. So, according to the study's authors, these results indicate an association between oral and brain health. However, they noted that the findings do not prove that gum disease or tooth loss cause Alzheimer's. Yeah, it's not a cause and effect. They were seeing an association with the size of the hippocampus region of the brain and the severity, the existence and the severity of any kind of gum disease, periodontal disease. Don't wait until it hurts. Get regular cleanings. And hey, I personally don't get any x-rays taken unless I have a problem that I'm complaining about, like some kind of pain, where then they need to take an x-ray to see what's going on there so they can fix it. So far, at my 59 years of age, I've been blessed with no cavities, no gum disease, nothing of the sort. Part of this is hereditary. Uh, so, And I take good care. I brush... I floss. Most of the time I floss. Yeah, I do get a little lazy in that department, but I brush twice a day, every day, no matter what. In fact, I can't go to sleep at night unless I've brushed my teeth. So I am that person. But I get regular cleanings, but I only opt for x-rays once every several years and only really if I have a complaint. Like I will let them take an x-ray once every four years or so. Why? Because why do I need that radiation? Yeah, but the level of radiation is lower than it used to be. Well, why do I need all that radiation in addition to any other radiation that I come upon outside with the cellular networks and the 5G and the wireless routers and all that other stuff? 
but please let me, let me really let you know that I will get a dental x-ray if there's a problem that, you know, I need to address. Certainly get regular cleanings. Your gum health is imperative. You want the right microbiota in your mouth and don't use an alcohol based mouthwash. If you complain of dry mouth, it could be the alcohol in your mouthwash, especially if you take prescription medications. And there are many prescription medications that are responsible for causing a dry mouth. When we have a dry mouth, we get more cavities because our saliva contains lysozymes. These are bacteria killers, right? In the mouth, they kill the bad types of bacteria. But when we use alcohol, whether it's in a mouthwash or we overindulge in drinking alcohol, same thing, right? When we use alcohol in the mouthwash, it's also killing the beneficial microbiota in our oral cavity. That beneficial microbiota is responsible for making nitric oxide. Nitric oxide is responsible for the vasodilation, the dilation, the relaxation of our blood vessels to help maintain normal blood pressure levels. So using alcohol in your mouthwash may be a contributor to high blood pressure. Do you have high blood pressure? Do you have blood pressure that is even approaching prehypertension? You know, anything over 120 over 80? Check your mouthwash. And certainly, if you drink regularly, stop. These are diminishing the production of nitric oxide in your body, which is responsible for dilating your blood vessels to help maintain a healthy blood pressure. The alcohol in your mouthwash destroys the microbiota that helps the nitric oxide to be produced. See, isn't that something? But Listerine, I want to kill all those germs in my mouth. Well, there are good germs in your mouth too that you want to keep. Just like there are really good germs on your skin that you want to keep, that you have been destroying with hand sanitizer and the use of disinfectant wipes and all those other things. You don't want to use that stuff. Stop using hand sanitizer. Use a gentle soap and warm water to wash your hands. Don't use hand sanitizer, except where you absolutely must and you have no other choice. I get it. I, I get it. You're on the bus, you're on the subway, something, whatever. But you know what I'm saying? You don't want to use the stuff regularly because you're destroying the beneficial microbiota on your skin. You don't want to do that. And never ever, I'm veering a little here now, never ever use antibacterial soap ever. It can cause antibiotic resistance the same way overuse of oral antibiotics can cause antibiotic resistance the same way that, you know, 60% of antibiotic use in our country is with the factory farmed animals, our commercial meat production. 60% of our antibiotics are used there. And this is creating antibiotic resistance. That may be the contributor to 
now a strain of E. coli that is responsible for many urinary tract infections that seem to not be able to go away. They're intractable. Despite rounds and rounds and rounds of different kinds of antibiotics to get rid of that nasty UTI, you are unable to do so. Is it because of your overuse of antibiotics? Yes. Is it because of your overuse of antibacterial soap? Yes. Is it because of your overuse of eating commercial meat? Yes. All of the above. All of the above. So we have to check because as you know, when we take an oral antibiotic, it's not only killing the bad stuff it needs to kill, it's also killing the good stuff. And that's why we're taking a probiotic. But what are you doing when you use an antibacterial soap? Right? What are we doing when we're using alcohol in that mouthwash? Right? We still want to re-inoculate with good stuff. I would say to you, stop using alcohol in your mouthwash. Stop using antibacterial soap. Stop using hand sanitizer, except where absolutely necessary. These are the things. And now oral health being linked to better brain health. People with periodontal disease, especially severe, have more shrinkage in the hippocampus than people who maintain good oral health. I want to thank you for joining me on another edition of Layla Weighs In. This is Intelligent Medicine. This is Layla Mutin, RD. I see patients regularly along with Dr. Hoffman. If you require a nutrition consult with me but live out of town, there's no need to travel to New York City. I have telephone consultations with clients from all over the country. Please visit drhoffman.com for more information. And to set up an appointment, call 212-779-1744. That's 212-779-1744. I look forward to being a collaborator in your health care.